Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is a grand slam. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick his brains for your benefit today. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites, you know how much I focus on the importance of understanding profitable business models, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about a super hot topic to help you succeed as well as a fun way to deliver it. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. You know, as far as I'm concerned, we only get one trip around this uh, merry-go-round, and I want to make sure it's one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your significant other, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately usable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, I want to give you a little bit of background about our guest today. John Warlow is the creator of the Value Builder System, a statistically proven methodology for improving a company's value by up to 71%. John's the author of the best-selling book, Built to Sell. And folks, got to tell you, one of my all-time favorite books, if you have not read it, after you're done with this podcast, one of the first things you do is either download it, go buy it, do something, and eat it. Best book ever. Um, again, Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you, which was recognized by both Fortune and Inc. Magazine as one of the best business books of 2011. Built to Sell has been translated into four languages. John's new book, The Automatic Customer, Creating a Subscription Business in Any Industry, is scheduled to be released by Random House um, in 2015. Prior to starting the Value Builder System, John started and exited four companies, including a quantitative market research business that was acquired by the Corporate Executive Board in 2008. John's been recognized by B2B Marketing as one of their top 10 business-to-business marketers in the United States. John is certainly one of the real deal, so John, welcome and thrilled to have you today. Thanks for having me, Jason. So before we get started, do me a favor. For those who haven't had the opportunity yet and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak or reading your books, take a second. Share your story with our listeners, all right? What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is John Warlow? You know, I'm passionate about building companies, and I'm also a family man, so I've got a couple of kids, and they're both into sports, ski racing, and tennis, and so I spend a lot of time <laughs> on either a tennis court or the side of a ski hill watching my kids do their thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm into uh, sports as well, so uh, love you know triathlon and, and cycling and, and those sorts of things. So um, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm excited to pick your brain. So let's let's dive right in. Do me a favor. What what are the five trends you're seeing drive the subscription economy? Sure. So you know. Obviously, we're seeing more and more subscriptions all the time, right? So a lot of us are now subscribed to Netflix. Um, there are 40 million subscribers now to Amazon Prime. Starbucks last month came out with their new subscription offering. Uh, so it, it, it's an exploding industry. You saw LinkedIn acquire Linda last month for some astronomical multiple, I think a billion five total uh, enterprise value. So it's a big, big deal. And it's really subscription 2.0 in a lot of ways because you know subscription 1.0 was you know where we all subscribe to magazines and newspapers but really 2.0 has been driven by a bunch of trends i mean one of them is the sharing economy the fact that a lot of you know folks would rather kind of kind of have access to something uh, like a car, like a home, uh, through something like Zipcar or Airbnb, as opposed to buying the asset. Um, so home, home ownership rates, for example, in the United States are among the lowest they've been in a generation because, again, young people don't want the the albatross of a uh, an asset where they could just access it. Spotify, we'd rather just have access to a huge music library rather than now downloading every song from iTunes. So that's one of the biggest trends driving the subscription economy. Hmm. <laughs> to be fair, you know, one of the things that you know I loved about um, you know the, the first book I read from you <clears throat> was everything was really example based. So, with that in mind, you know, when you talk about how one company turned a twenty nine dollar average sale into a seventy five hundred and forty dollar sale and then dropped its spoilage rates. Yeah, sure. So there's a company called H Bloom. And, and they're in the business of selling flowers. And if you know anything about selling flowers, it is a tough, tough business. I mean, if you think about running a retail flower shop, you've got Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, which make up 30% of your revenue. You're left the other 363 days a year to try to intercept some guy on his way home from you know work on his, on his wedding anniversary. He's forgotten a gift. And so you, you intercept them because you've bought very expensive retail square footage. It might cost you $100 to $150 a square foot in a city like San Francisco or London or New York. And, and, and if you're unlucky, you know, he goes down the street and buys virtually the same flowers from you know, your competitor and you're left with nothing. And what's worse, running a flower store, your inventory dies. I mean, you, a lot of your listeners probably don't have inventory, but if you, if you have inventory, um, you know that managing that can be a problem. And in the flower business, it dies in the fridge. It's rotting after a month. The average flower store throws out half of its inventory. So this guy, Sanyu Panda, looked at the business of selling flowers and said, this is a crazy business. There's, there's no way you can sustain this or scale it. And so what he did is he decided to start selling flowers on subscription. And to do that, instead of selling flowers through retail setting, he went to the people who buy flowers regularly. So uh, people like spas and hotels and restaurants who want flowers on their reception table to give off a certain image. And he said, look, you're too busy to worry about whether the flowers are fresh. Let me come. Let me, let me replenish the old ones. I'll get rid of the old ones. I'll put new ones every two weeks. I'll send you a business-grade invoice. Well, now he's got thousands of customers. And on average, the lifetime value of an H. Bloom subscriber, he, he makes one sale and gets, as you said, thousands and thousands of dollars of revenue from that customer over the life of their subscription with him versus the average retail flower shop in America's sale is about 29 bucks. So the, the idea here is instead of selling you know, a one-off uh, 
product or service, you know, think about longevity and continuity, and, and that's really where you start to really maximize the lifetime value of a subscriber. Okay. Um, one one point. So as as you and I discussed before we started the podcast, um, so many of my listeners are in the after school activity world, and you know whether they're running a cheer gym, a dance studio, a martial arts academy, what have you. Um, I would argue that those are a form of subscription based services. Um, you know, we might call it a membership model, but it is absolutely. Um, Absolutely, a type of subscription. Would you agree with that? I would. You know, so if you're in, the, you know, a martial arts academy and you're in the business of selling kind of one-off lessons, like you'll do a one-off private lesson or a, you know, a package of five uh, uh, access passes to your gym or whatever, um, that's not a subscription model. There's a finite, you know, start and an end to the relationship. It's a very transactional model. Whereas if you are, uh, you know, offering uh, lessons on a continuity basis, and you're saying to people, "Look, um, your kids love uh, karate, and and we're gonna over you know their life as a student, we're going to grow them from a yellow belt today all the way up to a black belt in five years." And here's our plan for doing that. It's it's ninety nine dollars a month, and you can have access to the gym on these days, etc. And so what you're really doing is taking a transaction that would have had a start and a stop date. And, and creating some longevity to it beyond that stop date. So, so yeah, I think I think your listeners in that after-school activity space may well be in a form of subscription business, in particular if, if there is no kind of end date associated with um, the student's uh, class. Okay, makes sense. Again, I, just, I really just want to clarify that because you know I, I got to believe there's there's somebody out there going. Huh. Well, you know, I don't sell flowers for a living, so just wanted to, to make sure this is for you too. Um, you know, to, let's let's talk about Amazon Prime for a second because uh, I know they got me the minute they came out. Um, why does the average Amazon Prime customer spend, you know, what is it, seven hundred nine dollars more per year than the average Amazon customer? Yeah, it's up to about three times more. And and what it is is that once people subscribe, once people create a recurring relationship with your company. It makes them buy more products and services from you. So for example, with Prime, the average Prime customer uh, spends about uh, $1,500 a year with Prime, whereas the average non-Prime subscriber for Amazon spends about 500 bucks. So for you, running an after-school program, I think what you want to remember is that, it, you know, that it's fine to sell one-off programs and, you know, a four-pack of, of Lessons or a season, a springtime worth of soccer practice or whatever. That's fine. Um, but if people make a longitudinal, uh, long-term commitment to you to say, you know, we're going to join your you know, membership program, we're going to create a long-term relationship with you, it does something funny in their brain and it makes them buy more from you. Um, and so that's why a lot of companies create these kind of membership programs or subscription programs it's not necessarily for the revenue on its own. That's important for a lot of companies, but it is also for the, the behavior that members um, be, you know, members display. I mean, Harley-Davidson is a good example of that. Harley-Davidson, you know, sell these $20,000 motorcycles, uh, you know, big manufacturer of, of hardware. You think, why on earth would they care about members? But they've created the Harley-Davidson owner group, or HOG, 
And in part, one of the reasons they did, they've done that, they love the recurring revenue of Hog membership for sure, but one of the reasons they've done that um, is because it makes them more likely to buy another Harley. The reason Costco makes you buy your subscription every year, your membership every year, it's not because they necessarily want the 100 bucks, although that's certainly nice, it, it's because buying the subscription changes your behavior, makes you more likely to continue buying from them. Huh. Wow, okay. That's wild. Um, I know that you've got, uh, what was it, nine different subscription models, right? Um, yeah. Do me a favor, what, what are they? Uh, and do you feel like you can quickly describe how owners can apply each to their business? You know, it's probably probably too long to go into today. I mean, there are nine different models. Let's let's pick a couple. I'm happy to pick a couple. I'll tell you that what we've done is put together a, an ebook that describes all nine of the subscription models. And there's a, a page you can go to automaticcustomer.com/slash/real-deal. And your listeners can download a copy of the ebook, and it, and it goes into much more detail on the nine models. But just to give you a, an example of one, uh, the membership website model is a good one. So um, Kathy Blakely, a good example of this, was uh, is is a woman named Kathy Blakely who happens to run a dance studio where she does after-school programs for uh, girls who want to learn how to dance. And Kathy uh, had been running her dance studio for 40 years when she got a call from Celebrity Cruise Lines. And Celebrity said, we want you to come and actually teach dance on our, our cruise ship. And of course, Kathy thought two things. One, you know, where do I sign? I'd love to go to the Mediterranean and learn that, you know, cruise around the six-star yacht or whatever. Two, but what do I do with the dance studio? Who's going to run the after-school programs? And so Kathy enlisted her daughter, Suzanne, and said, Suzanne, can you come and, and do these for me? Suzanne said, sure, Mom, but on one condition. You document for me how to run the dance studio. Give me the templates, the worksheets, the checklists, and I'll do it for you. So Suzanne gets the daughter, gets these worksheets, and she realizes this stuff is gold. This is, uh, you know, 40 years of her mom, you know, making mistakes, skinning her knees, and, and learning from it, and, and here she has codified this kind of recipe for running a dance studio. Well, long story short, Suzanne puts that recipe behind a paywall, charges people, dance studio owners, so people, her, her, her kind of peers in the dance business, access to a membership website where they can download these templates and join a discussion forum with other dance studio owners just like her, and of course, that business was acquired a couple of years ago by one of the fastest-growing companies uh, in the dance apparel studio, you know, business. Uh, why? Well, one, it was the recurring revenue, but two, you know, the dance apparel company. It was called Revolution Dance. Where wanted access to all those uh, dance apparel companies. And the, the postscript to the story is that Kathy had been running her business for 40 years, had not had a single offer to the buyer business. Suzanne, the daughter, starts DanceStudioOwner.com, the membership website. And I think it was within two or three years she got acquired. So it does make your company, having this recurring revenue, does make your company much more valuable. Huh. It's, it's actually funny. Suzanne was one of the uh, first people that I interviewed on Real Deal. So huh. this is, uh, I, I actually know her from the dance studio space. Oh, that's um, great. And you are spot on 100%. So that's... Uh, and she, she's she's super cool too. So, so um, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the models. That's a very information driven model. Some people aren't really comfortable, um, you know, selling information, or that's just not their shtick. So there's an, again, there's another eight models. 
you can download the worksheet. What the important thing is to come at it with an open mind. Again, whether you run a cheer after school program or karate or swimming or you know, soccer, you can apply one of these models. And, and again, it'll, it'll make your life a lot easier and, and, and ultimately drive up the value of your business. Love that. Love that. How did Tiger 21... Uh, and for those who don't know what that is, the world's most exclusive investment club for investors with at least ten million or more in liquid assets. How did um how did they they turn to the subscription model to build their network? They did, yeah. It's it's this a uh, very secretive kind of secret society of rich guys who who kind of meet. Uh, you know, once a month to do what they call a portfolio defense, which uh, means that one person in the mastermind group gets up and, def- and presents their portfolio, how they invest their money, and the other folks around the room, you know, you know poke holes in their investment strategy and try to illuminate problems or, or potential uh, liabilities that they have in their investment. And so it's a very sort of uh, revealing process to go through. They uh, turned to the subscription model because they had people, the, the, the model that they've used is the membership uh, model where they charge a membership fee. It costs $30,000 a year to subscribe to Tiger 21, and they get that up front. So you subscribe. Now, the guys who are subscribing have at least $10, $10 million to invest, so 30 grand is probably not that big a deal for them, but they do get the money up front, which is a hallmark of a successful subscription business because one of the things about subscriptions that's difficult is that instead of getting all your cash up front, uh, if you're going to, instead of charging, for example, uh, Microsoft Office used to charge, you know, three or four hundred dollars for Microsoft Office when you went into Staples. Now they charge ninety-nine dollars a year and you subscribe to 365. But they hope that over the life of their customers as a subscriber, they'll get much more than the three or four hundred dollars you bought it at Staples. But they have to wait all those years to get the revenue because you're only you know paying a hundred dollars a year for Microsoft. So in the case of Tiger Twenty One, what they've done is say, great, you can subscribe. Uh, it's thirty grand a year, but instead of charging you monthly, uh, we're going to charge you annually, and your first bill is due when you subscribe, and that gives them the cash to grow their subscription business. Um, unlike other subscription businesses that are taking their revenue in on, on a monthly basis that may run short of cash, uh, they've chosen to, uh, uh, to do it on, on an upfront basis, which, which works for them. Crazy, crazy. Let's, let, you know, when I think about some interesting subscription models, um, at least that I've seen uh, and actually taken part in, um, are you familiar with Dollar Shave and um, Birchbox? Sure. Yeah, a couple of great examples. One's the consumable subscription model, and Birchbox is the surprise box subscription model. So, can you just kind of describe, in case anybody has not, maybe they've been living under a rock, but um, in case they they don't know what this is, like what are these things? How do they make money? Yeah. So, in the case of uh, well, those are two different questions: what they are and how they make money. But in the case of Dollar Shave Club, they are a consumable subscription model. So, this works in both business to business. HP Inkjet uh, printers is an example of a business uh, to business example where they will send you uh, on an automatic basis a subscription to the ink refill cartridges you need for your printer. They've got a little sensor in the HP printer. It senses when it's running low. It sends a little notification to headquarters and then, then dispatch out 
a, a, a an inkjet to refill. So there's a business-to-business context. In Dollar Shave Club's example, that's a business-to-consumer example, um, all, all of us need razor blades, all of us men, I guess, and, and women, uh, need razor blades on a regular cadence. And so they've acknowledged that the, the act of buying razor blades, trudging down a wall, you know, Walgreens to buy your razor blades, it, you know, offers no inherent value. And so you can subscribe to a company like uh, Dollar Shave Club or, or their competitor, Harry's, and get razors sent to your door. And what they're keying in on is the idea that, again, the, the shopping, unlike shopping for a new car, which has some inherent enjoyment, shopping for razor blades has no inherent value. It's just a task. And so taking it off your customer's list has value. So that's the consumables model. And Birchbox is a different model. It's called the surprise box model. And so for Birchbox, what they do is, is they send women and some men a, a box full of cosmetic samples. And the cosmetic samples are very small samples of cosmetics, but they're actually very valuable for a lot of women, again, and some men, uh, they like to test the way a cosmetic will, will kind of react to their skin before they buy the $60 bottle of this stuff. So a little sample allows them to test it. And so Birchbox has fa- figured this out. And so they, you know, subscribers get this box full of samples, which offers tremendous value in and of itself. But the real secret to the Birchbox business is that half of Birchbox, hundreds of thousands of subscribers have now bought something on the Birchbox.com website. They go on to buy the full-size version of what they sampled on the Birchbox.com website. And that's really how they make money at Birchbox. It's, it's the e-commerce engine, in addition to the subscription revenue that they get from, from people who subscribe to the box. But it's it, you know, the end game in, in, in at least the Birchbox example is people who buy the full-size version. Hmm. Yeah, they, you know what? They, they they got me on the dollar shave. I think I bought pretty much everything else that they had um, <laughs> available. So, yep, works. You're a one white Charlie user and a shave butter <laughs> user. Way Instead more info than anybody needs, right? Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, how how would you say business owners can capitalize on the Trojan horse subscription model? I know that you've you've talked about this. You know, outside of this podcast, and I, I just thought it might be interesting for for these folks to hear. Well, you know the story, of the Trojan horse, right? So I think it was the Trojans, the Spartans, you know, battling for the city of Troy. Uh, the Trojans—they've been going for a hundred days. The Trojans uh, got themselves into a horse, and overnight, the Spartans thought that the horse was a—you know—they they took it as a symbol of their victory, not knowing that there were all these warriors inside this big. Uh, you know, uh, horse. They dragged the horse into the city walls. The Spartans went to sleep. The Trojans got up in the middle of the night and conquered the town and took the town for themselves. And so, the, the kind of a, the story is that inside the horse was this kind of uh, other unsuspecting force. And so. You know, the analogy goes in a subscription model, a lot of people think it's the subscription revenue itself that is, that is what companies are after, whereas in many cases the subscription re- revenue is, is one part of a much larger picture. So again, with Amazon Prime, we, 40 million of us now subscribe, and that gives $4 billion to Amazon, but again, it severely underestimates what the benefit to Amazon is because the typical sub- Prime subscriber goes on to buy three times the amount of things from uh, Amazon. Another good example of, is uh, is a company called Hassle Free Homes, based in Washington D.C. It's run by a guy named Jim Vigonis. So what Jim does 
is he will manage your home for you. Uh, so he acknowledges to a lot of customers who have nice homes, you know, double income families, busy, busy lives, kids in sports programs, etc. When you get home at night, all you want to do is enjoy your house. You don't want the honeydew list. You just want to sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy your house. And so what Jim says is, look, we will manage it for you. So you won't have a honeydew list at the end of the day. So we'll come, we'll replenish the chandelier bulbs, uh, we'll make sure the lawn is cut, we'll make sure that the swimming pool filters are changed, we'll do it all for you. And we'll do that on subscription. So you just pay us a few hundred bucks a month and we'll manage it for you. What's interesting about Jim's business is that half of his revenue comes from people buying things outside of his subscription. So they built a relationship with Jim through the subscription, and then at, when something major goes in the house, like they want to put on a new roof or they want to build a new deck that falls outside of the standard contract Jim has them sign, uh, then he sells them that on, on, the, on, on the side. And again, 50% of uh, Jim's revenue at Hassle Free Homes comes from those one-off projects that he would never have gotten and if he had been interested or, or been asked to bid on them, they would have certainly you know, been in a bidding war with two or three other contracts. In his case, he gets them most of the time without having to bid for the work because he's got a relationship with the company, uh, excuse me, with the homeowner. So um, again, it's that the concept of this Trojan horse that your subscription can be important revenue in and of itself, but often really masks the true value of getting people to subscribe. That's brilliant. And it, it really... It speaks to the fact for for everybody, you know, getting them to join. There, there's so much more to it. Like after they've joined, now you know you're basically you're getting you're, you're making a sale to get a customer, as opposed to getting a customer to make a sale. It's a great great analogy for sure. So love that. All right, so this is actually our time for our resource of the week. So I I, I know John that you already talked about where folks can go get that. Um, that ebook. So remind me again, where where can they get the uh, the ebook of the nine subscription models? Yeah, we just set up a little landing page at automaticcustomer.com slash real deal. Okay, and so then you can plug in your uh, your email address, and we'll send you the uh, the ebook. So that's a u t o m a t i c c u s t o m e r dot com slash r e a l d e a l. Right. That's correct. Perfect. All right. Also, um, I will also tell everybody this again. Go get Built to Sell. Get it now. Um, if you already have it, good. Go back and read it. Read it again and again and again. Um, also, the what is it? The ValueBuildersystem.com? Yeah. So we have a, a, an approach where it takes 12 steps to improve the value of a business by up to 71%. So we have this methodology we go through with business owners to help them improve the value of their business. One module is recurring revenue. And um, and folks can start. There's actually no commitment necessary to start. You can get your value builder score, which gives you an assessment on these eight key drivers of value in any business. You get a score to 100, so you can see how you're doing. If that's of any interest, you can go to valuebuilderscore.com, and there's a form there. You can fill it out, and we'll get you uh, the questionnaire to take to uh, to complete and get your score. Fabulous. Do it now, folks. Thevaluebuildersystem.com. All right. John, I always like to end my podcast with one important question. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or, more importantly, to help them to live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? 
you know, it'd be easy to say recurring revenue, but we've, since we focused on our entire conversation around that, I'll I'll say a different uh, advice, and that is, you know, so many businesses, I think, you know, start off by selling a lot of things to a few customers. So, you know, in an after-school program environment, that means you, you, you get, you know, two or three parents who really believe in what you're doing, and you start to sell them a broader and broader selection of different uh, services, and and you get what I would call it to being sort of an inch deep and a mile wide of services. And I think the secret to you know building a valuable company, one that that you could leave one day and and, and even perhaps sell one day, is actually to flip that on its ear, and and try to think about selling a few things to a lot of customers. Now, as I say that, that may sound like the same thing, but it's actually the inverse. You know, the companies that become most scalable, most valuable, really focusing on one or two products or services, and then try to go find as many customers for that service or product as possible. And that's just a, a, a very subtle, but I think, important shift to make strategically. Love it. Absolutely love it. John, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and I appreciate you taking your time and sharing some of your wisdom with us. Well, nice to be with you, Jason. Thank you. Fabulous. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen, people. Go get them. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.